0: Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank member FDIC.
1: Power blackouts. They happen every year, but guess what blackouts? You've met your match. Say hello to Goal Zero, the leader in affordable home power backup systems and solar generators. Goal Zero's generators power your fridge, freezer, lights, Wi-Fi, TV, and more with clean power. Their home backup systems, like the Yeti 3000X, have no fuel, no fumes, no noise, and no maintenance. Just good, clean energy that keeps your home up and running. They offer a range of products and affordable price points, from power stations that can provide a half day's worth of power, to solar generators and home backup systems that can keep you powered for one, two, or three days. Plus, they're all portable, so you can take your power with you when you go camping, tailgating, and more. So yeah, take that, blackouts. Our power is here to stay. Have peace of mind when blackouts hit. Go to GoalZero.com to learn more.
0: Hi, everyone, welcome to Dishing With Digest. I'm Stephanie Sloan, Editorial Director, here with Mara Levinsky, Senior Editor. Hi, everyone. So, Mara, our spring preview is on sale and there are some big stories coming our way before the summer. Bold and Beautiful has a big murder mystery plan that will shake up the canvas and will involve Bill, who we really haven't seen a lot. And Eric and Quinn will also be back front and center in their own new story, which will be great because they've barely been on in all of 2021. Um, on Days of Our Lives, the identity of Charlie's killer will be revealed, Kristen will blackmail Lucas and Sammy, and Nicole will make a choice that threatens to destroy her marriage to Eric. On General Hospital, Alexis's story will come to a head, Carly will be forced to step up in Sonny's absence, and Sam and Dante's friendship will be put to the test. Finally, on Young and the Restless, the Newman family will come together to face a crisis. Adam will make a shocking confession to Sharon, and Amanda will get more than she bargained for when she digs deeper into her past. Now, I have to say, when I interviewed both Bradley Bell for Bold and Beautiful and Ron Carlabatti for Days, I was so roped into what they were pitching. Like, I cannot wait to tune in. Yeah, there are some, like, juicy surprises coming up on GH as well, and I also uh, pressed... Chris Van Etten and Dan O'Connor, the show's uh, co-head writers, specifically about the character of Liz, because I know there's a lot of fan interest in the show's plans for that character in the wake of her husband's murder. So they were really emphatic about valuing her place on the show, And they hinted that in her grief, she is going to be given the opportunity to save someone else. But I have to tell you that one of the big surprises for me in reading the spring preview was that the identity of Charlie's killer was going to be revealed this spring. Like, I love a nimble mystery, don't get me wrong. I just kind of expected that with so many suspects to cross off the list, we'd still be wondering who done it well into the summer. But knowing that it's not going to be dragged out makes me feel like, oh, I I can't afford to miss a day. You know, it's funny you should say that because when b Vinny was accused of switching the paternity results, which we now know that he did, we got so many emails from readers who expected that to take like months to come out, you know, like the Baby Beth saga. Yeah. But you know, surprise, Brad Bell wrapped that up pretty quickly. And you know, I really feel like in this day and age, you only have a short span to keep viewers' attention. You know, I don't think the majority of them are going to stick around to watch regularly if the same beat is playing out day after day. You know, there are so many other things to watch. And, you know, at some point, it really does just become frustrating. You know, if you have developments along the way, that's another thing altogether. But for the most part, I feel shows are almost forced to tell their stories faster in 2021. Yeah, I I think G.H. is probably the show that at the moment is queuing closest to the more traditional soap storytelling adage that the longer you can stop something from being revealed, the better. And I think we're seeing that most vividly with the Peter storyline. I think for every fan who was on the edge of their seat, when at least some of his big crimes were revealed at the double wedding, such as the fact that he was behind the fatal downing of Drew Kane's plane, uh, there's another fan who would have been just as happy, if not happier, had that come out you know, like in 2019, say, which is when the audience found out that he was responsible for Drew's death. I I think it's one thing to keep the audience in suspense about something like who brought down that plane. Uh, But when the audience is in on something from the very beginning and you're just waiting for the characters on a show to find out, it's harder to sustain real dramatic tension over a long period of time. And I completely agree with you that in 2021, it's a risk to move stories along at a snail's pace. Like not only do viewers have plenty of other options, but I think we as a viewing body have become accustomed and conditioned to more immediate, Gratification for our investment of time. You know, when you can binge a 12 hour series in a weekend that keeps you like totally spellbound, I think it's a little harder than it once was to wait a year or, or longer for a secret to come out on a soap. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I get that there's a luxury in that you have 260 or so episodes to play out stories. And, you know, that works well for building romances and connections between people because you have the time to do it. But again, you know, I feel like there's just inherent impatience we all have because everything is just so accessible in life that it could really affect how things play out on screen as well. Yeah, I think a great uh, case in point of that is the Franco Cameron relationship on GH. You know, it's not like it was a storyline per se. It was, however, like the beating heart playing beneath whatever storyline Franco was in and whatever storyline Cameron was in over the past few years is we saw you know, Franco work his way into his stepson's heart. And it's one of the big reasons that the audience was so affected by Franco's death and why there wasn't a dry eye in the house this week when Cam performed a song honoring the bond he had with Franco that was cut so tragically short. And on that note, I am so excited that we have as our guest today, William Lifton, the talented young actor and musician who plays Cameron. Oh, me too. I mean, let's get him on the line and get his thoughts about that and so much more. Hi, William.
2: Hello. Thank you so much for having me here.
0: Oh, thank you for being here. We're so excited to talk to you today.
2: Awesome. Me too.
0: All right. So we're going to let everyone listening get to know you a little better. Uh You live in the Bay Area in California and you've been performing for most of your young life. So tell us how that began for you.
2: Man, I, that that is a great question. I think performing It started way back. I was six years old and I started with music. Music came first for me and um, I I played a lot of shows and my family saw how much I loved to perform and encouraged me to kind of explore different avenues of performance, you know, through theater and through acting. So I did a lot of musical theater when I was younger and then I started transitioning to like um, more on-screen acting. And that's, that's kind of how my career started here in L.A.
0: So isn't it true that your mom and dad actually enrolled you in music originally though because you were so shy and they wanted to bring you out of your shell?
2: Yeah, I I I had always like wanted to do music, but I think one of the struggles was being able to kind of break out of my my shell as you said it. Yeah. Um and it, it was very hard at first, especially when you're a young kid, it's it's intimidating to perform, but because I I got through that little um stump that 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 hindrance at a young age, it, it really allowed me to um, soar at a, a, at a later point in my life, which I'm very, very thankful for. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, when did acting come into the picture?
2: I did my first show, uh, You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown, when I was in fifth grade. So that was my first musical theater show. Um, and It was just like a local uh, theater and I, I got to play Charlie Brown. And once I... I did that. I was hooked. It was so much fun. And I knew that I wanted to continue exploring the whole world of acting.
0: So uh, you also, of course, have a band um, called WJM. Uh, yes. Your friend Jeremy. So how old were you when you formed this band?
2: That, you know, that is a good question. I've been playing with Jer for like, I think, 11 years now. It's It's been pretty crazy. We've been playing for a long time and um, it, it's always been us. Um, and uh, I, I'm super excited to see what the future holds, because I, I love playing with that guy.
0: Well, I mean, you've already had some pretty incredible experiences as, as a musician. I mean, you opened for Charlie Puth, you toured with Pretty Much. Um, what would you name as the highlight of your musical career so far?
2: Oh, man, that that is a phenomenal question. I, I think it's so hard to to pick a specific show because each of them are so amazing in their own way. I think like there's been some unforgettable experiences um, with. Um, uh, I was able to perform at the United Nations uh, twice, which in New York, which was f- uh, uh, such an incredible experience. And um, uh, but also doing those shows for pretty much every every night, having you know super excited audience and singing along to the songs we were playing. It was is a feeling I will never forget.
0: So I know that when you were at the United Nations, specifically in 2016, no big deal, but you actually <laughs> won like a pretty prestigious award for your uh, your social activism. So yes, tell you how you've used uh, your music and your role in this band to help promote important causes.
2: That is a great question. Um, you know, my my bandmates and I, Jared and I, we've been. We've been very, very um, connected to our community and we, we feel very grateful for what it's given us. And so we've always wanted to use music, something that we're passionate about, something that we love to help instill change in our community. And so uh, we, we have supported a lot of um, children's charities, um, specifically surrounding um, children battling with uh, cancer and those who are um, struggling to have housing when they're uh, staying in uh, you know um, in hospitals and so it it definitely there's a very very specific feeling um, performing on stage or performing in front of an audience knowing that in some way we can help people and that that feeling I just absolutely love
0: that's amazing Um, Now, 2016 was also a significant year because you appeared on the Steve Harvey Talent Showcase Little Big Shots (laughs) with WJM. So what was that experience like?
2: My goodness, that was such an incredible experience. I think one of my favorite things about being on uh, uh, Little Big Shots um, was that we were just surrounded by so many talented individuals in so many different fields and areas. There was uh, one kid who was an amazing, uh, um, he was doing backflips in the green room. Like he was very impressive. Um, and then, uh, there was, uh, the, the, the theater critic who now plays, uh, young Sheldon, um, on the TV show. And so that was really cool to meet him. And, um, yeah, there's a lot of people that I'm still in touch with. PJ, who does uh, the cup stacking. Um, yeah, so that was really fun. And, and, you know, my band and I, we had worked so hard on the song that we were going to perform. And so once we actually got there, it was just like we were, in the, we were in the zone and we played our heart out. It was such a rewarding feeling, especially seeing it on TV afterwards. So it was like, yes, we did good. <laughs> Proud.
0: That's so cool. So you told me that the talent scout for that show actually got you in touch with some agents and managers who were based in Los Angeles and just kind of like generally encouraged you to explore the professional opportunities in LA. So is that when you started to get more serious about pursuing acting?
2: 100%, yeah. I, we are such big fans of Miss Cat Energy. She has been such a great help um, with, my, with my career. She's the one who... Really encouraged me to take that step forward and um, start working in l a and um, yeah so she she's the one who referred me to um, our agents um, and uh, once I met them, I fell completely in love with CTG they're amazing and they've been having my back since day one so very thankful that I got to meet them and that's when it all started. I was you know living in the Bay Area with my mom and my mom and I would drive down every time I had an audition or any anytime I had like a work gig and we continued that for for I mean, until now, you know, we, we just did it today. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, it definitely paid off. Uh, fast forward to yes. 2018 when you were cast on GH as Liz's oldest son, Cameron. So tell us about your audition.
2: Yeah. So the audition, I, I got to meet the lovely Mark Teschner. He is amazing. And I, I remember so vividly just like I, I did the audition and that was all fun. But then I just had a lovely conversation with him. I was was talking about his jewelry and I, it was It was a great day. And I remember walking out. I was like, you know, whatever happens, I had a great time. And um, fortunately, they they wanted to see me again. So I was brought back for second audition. And then I did my final audition when I was visiting my family in Sweden. We sent in a self-tape. And shortly after, we got the call that I got the job. And I was extremely thrilled.
0: (laughs) Did you know like anything about soaps going in? I don't know that you grew up watching General Hospital or anything like that.
2: Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I had I, only heard of General Hospital, and I wasn't exactly sure of the format, which is actually a funny story. When I was auditioning, Cameron was called Cal, and Cal was not a soccer player. He was a basketball player. And so I thought that I would have to play basketball on the show. So I went over to my neighbor's house, and we played basketball every day for several weeks to make sure I didn't look like a scrub if they ever decided to <laughs> film me playing. And it turns out that wasn't necessary, but still a good learning experience for me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, they even did like a fake out sport in the yeah. scene yeah
2: see yeah, they, they, they didn't want anyone to to get any spoilers about what was going on so I, I was like no I, I'm auditioning for Cal and he's basketball player and then I was like nope it's Cameron and he's a soccer player so <laughs>
0: <laughs> and your soccer skills how would you rate them
2: Oh um, I gotta say I was pretty good when I was five years old um, but I didn't I didn't pursue it after that um, as I think we yeah we we didn't do so hot and I, I, I was more longing to continue other sports. I love watching soccer though so
0: fair enough um, so when you look back now what do you remember about your first day at work at GH Oh
2: I I remember just meeting everyone and how kind they were to me that that was like the the, the, the defining the element of my, my experience here at General Hospital is that everyone was so incredibly warm when I came. And it was, it was very nerve wracking because it was, you know, my first, first big job. And um, I remember, you know, meeting Jamie, the set teacher who works here, and she was so kind and, and helpful. And I remember meeting Detective Chase, Mr. Josh Wickard. Um, he was, I think, the first like, actor I, um, I spoke with um, we, he, cause he was bringing me in for shoplifting, I believe. And, uh, he, he was just giving me the lay of the land, the rundown of how this place works. And he was just so kind. I remember and, uh, working, you know, with Eden, um, that first day or my second day, actually, she was so incredibly kind. And it's just, it's so amazing looking back. Um, you know, all throughout my experience, GH has just been a family, you know, it's been such a union here. It's amazing.
0: Well, William, when I think about myself at your age, I could like barely get my homework in on time, much less <laughs> juggle you know, all of the responsibilities academically of high school with a pretty demanding job and the commute that you deal with. So how do you juggle all of the demands on your time?
2: It, it, it's no cakewalk. Uh, I, I will say that it has required a lot of dedication. It has required a lot of um, discipline, and um, a lot of love for what I do. And, um, you know, high school is definitely difficult, especially the first year I was, you know, figuring out how to do this because I was absent for a lot longer than I normally was. And I was taking, you know, APs and I was taking a lot of hard courses. Um, but um, I, I love I love the arts and I love my education as well. So I think that I was able to, you know, communication is really what got me through communicating with my teachers and, um, a lot of, a lot of late nights grinding and, um, you know, a lot of maybe some resting in the car and some homework in the car, chatting with my mom in the car. So and that's another thing I have to give credit where credit is due. My family has been so incredible during this process. You know, my, my dad, my sister's at home. And of course, my my lovely, lovely mother, who is the one who's driving me. So I, I, I can't take all the credit for commuting. And she has been so amazing. And I, I could have never been doing what I do without the support of my amazing family
0: let's dig a little deeper into gh so got mm-hmm. such a beautiful on-screen mother-son relationship with rebecca herps who plays liz so tell Thank us you. about working with her
2: she is so incredibly kind and incredibly talented i i've learned so much from her every single time that i've worked with her and um she's just been you know she's she's my on-stage mom you know they my mom and her they work together to make sure i'm okay um She's, she is so so good at what she does, um, and you know her many years here have provided such a like innate um, a talent for for just portraying um, Liz on the show and you know Becky has such great respect for her and i 'm so honored to be able to portray her son
0: well starting in I think two thousand and nineteen uh, Cameron singing at the nurses ball has become a tradition that fans really look forward to. So how did that come about that you've been able to like incorporate your musical talent into the show?
2: Yeah, I, that was kind of a coincidence. I never let on at the beginning that I was a musician. I kind of, you know, um, kept that to myself. And when, uh, Frank, um, offered me to play at the nurses ball, he was just going to have me sing. Um, I kind of told him about my career before, which was, it worked out great because then he asked me to write a song for the show. And I was extremely honored because I had remembered a scene from the past that I knew I wanted to write a song about. And I was like, this is the perfect opportunity. So I wrote North Star for the Nurses Ball to commemorate Oscar, um, who had had recently passed on the show and to um, um, ex- express my love for Joss, not just as, you know, romantic, but as a friend. and. Um, uh, describing a relationship that's truly unbreakable.
0: Mm-hmm. Went over okay, I think. I think the fans didn't hate it.
2: <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, it's it, it's a it's a favorite request whenever I play. So I'm very, very thankful that they have enjoyed it.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of Jocelyn, Cameron is part of a great teen scene in Port Charles alongside Eden mm-hmm. McCoy, who plays her, and Sydney Michaela, who plays Trina. And
2: mm-hmm. we
0: actually have a burning question to hit you with that comes from Eden. Are you right?
2: <laughs> I I I'm as ready as I can be. <laughs>
0: okay, she wants to know, what's your favorite place to go to dinner with Eden, Katsuya or home, and why?
2: That's a good question. I feel like it's easy to say home because home has really just like great comfort breakfast food, and um, we've had a lot of good times there. Um, but Katsuya is centered right in the middle of just so many places that you can also see. So that's in where it's in the Glendale like kind of mall area, I'm blanking on the name, Americana, the Americana, and so uh, that's where we have gone in the past, and um, therefore, I, I think that, i probably say Katsuya, because, you know, you can go get coffee, you can go get, go to the bookstore, you can go hang out, it's a movie theater there, although we've never seen a movie, um, <laughs> it's just a lot to do there, so Katsuya.
0: What's the name of your favorite waiter at home?
2: Oh, 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 we, we gave him a new name, um, his name is, uh, Oh, gosh. Is, did we say Dave or Phil? Um, gosh. But, um, Dale. Did we say Dale? <laughs> no, no. Wait, did, I don't know did, did, the did actual answer.
0: Ask? I just know that you like to rename him.
2: Yeah. Oh, gosh. We, man, that poor guy. Grant.
0: Grant. That's what we
2: started calling him. <laughs> and he's like, that's not my name. But I'm like, I could have sworn it was Grant.
0: <laughs> so Would you consider Grant, changing it to Grant, Grant?
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's it. That's his given name, you know. It's a, It's that's that's our name for him. So I hope I hope Grant is doing well. I haven't seen him in a while since you know the pandemics has started. So uh, Grant, if you're listening, I hope you and your loved ones are just doing healthy and safe. You know? <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, tell us about uh, your off-screen friendships and relationships with Eden mm-hmm. and with Sydney.
2: Yeah, Sydney and Eden. I have such great respect for them. They're such talented, hardworking actors and actresses, actresses. (laughs) Um, But um, yeah, every time I do a scene with them, the, the friendship is so natural. I'm not, this is, it's not acting. I mean, we're acting the scenes, but uh, the chemistry is there, you know? Um, I, and as I said before, I have such a deep respect for them because they, they also are very, very talented individuals beyond, um, acting, you know, uh, Eden has her volleyball and Sydney is an amazing dancer and both of them have been so successful in and out of the studio. And, uh, it is an honor to be alongside them, um, acting out the scenes, whether it's fun stuff at, um, the bistro or, um, whether it's hard kidnapping scenes. So it, they're they're really, really strong seat partners. And I'm, I'm, it's a pleasure to work with them every day.
0: Well, I would really say all three of them, Cam, Joss, and Trina have had so much tragedy in their lives lately that it's kind of sidelined the question of is he going to get together with either of them? But right. what do you think Cameron's feelings are for each of those young ladies?
2: You know, I I, I know as much as the fans do in terms of <laughs> Uh, Cameron's story. I, I, I know how I've played certain scenes um, uh, personally, but I feel like there's no, there's no definitive answer. He has such strong friendships with both, and while there's a lot of history with um, Joss, um, Trina and Cameron have come become incredibly close since they, they have experienced a lot of those hardships together. Um, they, they've been through a lot together, and um, I, I'm excited to see how it plays out. I really hope that Cameron doesn't break any hearts. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, uh, the evolution of the the Cameron and Franco relationship has certainly been one of my favorite things to watch unfold uh, over the past few years. Um, So tell us what it was like to work with uh, Roger Howarth as your on-screen stepfather and about your offstage dynamic with him as well.
2: Right, right. And and thank you so much for that compliment. I I absolutely adore Roger. He is such a talented actor and um, he's been such a great, source of of acting experience that I have learned from, and he's just been always incredibly caring of me, making sure that i 'm okay um, you know we 've talked about a million things about soccer about music about our lives and um, it, it was it was very tough filming those scenes he's but he's it, just so he's an incredible human i I, I have so much respect. And I've been saying that a lot, but there's no other way to phrase it. He's an incredible human being. He's incredibly talented. And I feel so honored that I've been able to work with him.
0: Well, your work on the show in recent weeks with the material surrounding Franco's brain tumor and murder has been so terrific and garnering so much praise. Thank you. Let's start, first of all, with the day you had to shave your head on camera. Um, (laughs) How did you find out that was going to happen?
2: Uh, I was doing a scene in uh, Elizabeth's Brownstone. And I, I remember uh, Frank, our executive producer, he just said, I don't know. He's like, William, we're shaving your head. And I was like, what? Huh? <laughs> I, I hope that that, that that was a joke. Um, but it, <laughs> it wasn't. And I was very happy to do um, whatever was necessary to support the show. And so I've, I'm very grateful that I was given that opportunity.
0: So what stands out to you about seeing Eden come at you with those clippers when the scene was actually being filmed?
2: <laughs> uh it, my my heart was pretty nervous, but I think I was I was more at ease because we had hair hairstylist professionals on standby.
0: I mean, do you have like any sort of feelings about your hair? Like are you someone who like you really liked it longer or you're cool with it being short? Like were you? you
2: I think I, I'm one person who believes that sometimes change is good in someone's life, you know, a little, little mix up. And so I, I was getting a little bit comfortable with my, my hairstyle before. And so I was happy to give him the chance to kind of experiment with a new style. So, yeah.
0: Who, who do you think was more nervous, you or Eden?
2: I think Eden was very, very <laughs> nervous. I, I remember talking to her afterwards and we're all together, Sydney, Eden and I, and we were kind of recollecting how she was like, Extremely nervous to like mess up, and I was like, "How you're shaving my head? There's no messing up."
0: <laughs> <laughs> I worked out; it's good. Yeah, yeah, and it's growing back fast, as you can yeah. see. Yeah, it's a yeah, head of hair again. Looking lush.
2: <laughs> thank you, thank you.
0: <laughs> well, in the build-up to Franco's death, Cam got a lot closer to his step-grandfather, Scotty, played by Ken Schreiner. So, tell us about working with Ken.
2: Oh my goodness, he is so fun to work with. I. That man he, he, he's just he's just full of fun um, we're, we're always we're always laughing when we're working together of course're we're, we're professionals you know we, we're, we're always staying we're staying on on task but um, he, he's been so kind to me he's put me on to a lot of great comedians he, he likes quoting wC fields a lot he always says it's too hot for pork chops all the time and um, uh, he's just he's just a man with swagger. I hope that i I, I get to embody at least a fraction of his his coolness when, um, I grow up.
0: (laughs) And what about, uh, what it's like to work with the legendary Jeannie Francis who plays your honorary grandmother on the show? Oh
2: my goodness. She is, she is so sweet. I, I, um, when I first worked with her, it kind of slipped my mind that that she was Jeannie Francis, which I think was a good thing. Otherwise I would have been kind of maybe freaking out uh, (laughs) because she's so legendary. Um, but she's she's so incredibly kind and gentle. Every time we do a scene, um, and uh, she she is, she is Cameron's grandmother. You know, like there's there's no disputing that she has been um, just so again another a great individual to learn from in terms of acting. She's so controlled with with um, her scenes, and um, it is an absolute honor to be able to work with her.
0: Well, fans, not to mention Mara and I, were just gut-punched by the scenes where Liz told Cameron that Franco was dead. So you and Becky were just so phenomenal in those scenes. Um, You know, how did you approach them? Were you nervous about, like, hitting the right, you know, notes that you needed to hit? And what stands out to you about filming?
2: Well, thank you. Thank you for that compliment. Um, Those scenes, you know, I I was incredibly honored that the writers trusted me with that story because it's it's those are difficult scenes to portray and get right um i i have my own my my own process to get in that headspace in order to um perform the scenes to the best of my ability but um it also comes with the the help of my amazing co-stars you know becky was so so amazing during those scenes and i i felt like once i got in the correct space um and felt the sadness that Cameron needed to feel in that scene and uh it all, it all tumbled out. And so, and I've had some practice before Cameron has been going through a lot, as you know, he's, he lost his, his friend, Oscar. Um, and then he lost Franco a first time when uh, they were, when he was kidnapped by Shiloh. And I think um, a lot of the emotions that Cameron expressed were a, a culmination of all this loss that he had felt and everything seemed to be going back on track. And that, that feeling that, you know, I, I he should have been there to to stop it and maybe everything would have been okay and so it was a lot of pain that he felt and I'm kind of rambling I apologize but um, I was very very it was incredibly honored to be able to create those scenes and I was ex- incredibly honored for the feedback that um, both Becky and I received it was very 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 lovely to hear from all the fans.
0: I'm curious do you feel like those kinds of uh, scenes like Obviously you've had to hit those kinds of high points before like with with Oscar dying and you also did great work I thought when the character of Deb died um also portraying you know Cameron's high emotions during the Shiloh kidnapping near memory mapping moment but do they become easier for you over time or is each one kind of their own challenge I
2: I I think each one of them is their own challenge because each Emotion. Well, there's sadness. There's a lot of complexity underneath each of those scenes. There's different types of emotions that are underneath all these layers. You know, Oscar, he was battling for a long time with cancer, and so that that kind of sadness was a lot of defeat and just like um, surrealness that uh, that was hard to believe. But because you know, a Dev's passing was so sudden, and so was Franco's, or those are also different. You know elements that are involved with that sadness and anger, especially with someone who's like the first real father figure that Cameron has had. His biological father died, and um, Lucky and Jason they were not there for Cameron during his most formative years. Franco, who is actually there to support him, this this extremely important figure in his life. There's there's a, a sense of anger, a sense of loss, and a sense of desperation, a sense of wishing that it's not true, that all comes in together to, um, to create a complex picture of Cameron's state. Um, and I feel like there's a lot of preparation that goes into that. And um, 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 I, I think that the preparation part gets easier, but it's definitely a new challenge each time I approach those scenes.
0: Now I mean even just like listening to all the things you've had to play and all the grief that's like come Cameron's way. Do <laughs> you have friends like in your life who are like, "Hey, what are you doing on the show lately?" and you're like, "Well, my friend died, my father's dead, my stepfather died." Like completely,
2: do you completely. Tell a
0: story to people?
2: Yeah, it's um I mean it, <laughs> there's always some craziness going down in Fort Charles. I feel like there's very little pockets of peace and so it's very it's very funny like kind of showing up and and like, oh, my head is shaved, or oh, um, my memory almost got erased. It's it's always always a new, scary or fun adventure that Cameron is on.
0: <laughs> um, you you also uh, had these really intense scenes that you had to play kind of solo uh, when Cameron sneaked into the morgue hoping to find out, you know, to prove that Franco wasn't really dead. But of course, you ended up seeing the body there. I mean, what what stands out to you about Those scenes, it just feels like Mm -hmm. so high pressure to me on the outside looking in that you're alone in that scene having to get to that emotional place when they, they do it.
2: Yeah, I actually have a funny story that I like to share about when we were blocking those scenes. Um, uh, as you know, I pulled out the the kind of the body tray where um, Franco is in. But when we were rehearsing and blocking it, he was not there. And so I was just kind of opening it, making sure that I had control over it. And I remember one time we were doing the scene, making sure everything's okay. I opened it and then Roger's just lying there dead. I was like, oh my gosh, what are you doing there? I wish someone gave me a heads up. It was very freaky. <laughs> And he was just like, yeah, whatever. I was really (laughs) freaked out. Um, But yeah, for those scenes, I I very very much wanted to make sure that, as I said before, there was a different sense of sadness because Cameron's first discovery of losing Franco was filled with anger. Because, you know, the Invader article had brought out all these people that were threatening this man who I loved and who I knew was good. And so that was extreme rage there and sadness that he lost him. And I felt like the morgue scene was more characterized by just absolute defeat. Like there is the definitive, he was a little bit manic before he was, he was like changing his, his thought processes to make sure that he could, you know, not feel that like immeasurable pain that he had for Franco dying. He was altering everything and making, making all these theories that he was still alive. And that, that moment where he sees, you know, Franco lying dead is, it's, it's crushing. It's a crushing sadness. And, um, and, I, you know, Roger was a great scene partner uh, during those scenes. Um, he, did, he was an excellent dead person because it, <laughs> was, um, it was very real. But, um, yeah, and so was Becky. Um, it, was, it was tough scenes to film, but I was very honored to portray them.
0: Uh, well, speaking of another dead character, in the wake of losing Franco, Cameron had an encounter with the ghost of his biological father, the late yes. at the cemetery. And you got to spend a day working with Chad Brannon. So tell us about that.
2: I was so excited to hear that I was going to be, when I read that script, I was like, oh my goodness, this is going to be an amazing episode. I was so excited. Um, Especially because, you know, when I was doing my research on the character, you know, a lot of it was learning about Sander and his past and his relationship to my mom. And to find out that I was going to actually be working with Chad, the actor who was my biological father, felt everything was coming kind of full circle for Cameron. And, And I was, extremely excited to see what that would, um, be like on the screen. And, you know, we just worked together so well. He's so incredibly talented and, um, it it was such an honor, you know, working with him in front of the camera and also just, um, working with him outside of the camera, running the lines with him, getting to learn, to know him. It was like learning about my, my biological dad who was not there. I, my biological dad is there, but, um, (laughs) it was, it was, um, it, it was definitely, um, an incredible day at work and it was full of reunion and um uh learning and growing as well
0: it's wild how much you resemble each other
2: thank you yeah i i I, it's not like the most obvious resemblance but there's definitely like when there's that one photo of us with both our profiles and i'm like we can definitely be father and son i think that is so cool um just like how that worked out it's awesome
0: now we also just saw the return of your on-screen brothers, Jason, David, and Hudson West, mm-hmm. who play Aiden and Jake. Now, Hudson has grown so much that people on Twitter thought it was maybe a different actor playing him. <laughs> so, what was it like for you to reunite with the two of those guys?
2: Oh my gosh, I love my little bros. It was it was really awesome. Um, they yeah, they have grown so much. It was it was very very funny, but they're they're still the same kiddos that I we we like, you know, teasing each other and joking around and. You know, we're, we're, we're like real brothers, you know? I think, I think that we get along very nicely. And um, I, I'm looking forward to having more scenes with them, maybe not so high intensity and sad <laughs> as, you know, losing Franco and maybe just like, you know, having a brother-brother um, helping each other out. So that'll be, that'll be exciting.
0: Totally. Do you feel any sort of pressure to be like a role model to them or maybe just sort of guide them or help them along at, you, in that I, particularly bond?
2: I think we're all in the same boat. You know, I think we're all learning. Um, If they want to see me as a role model, you know, that's, that's totally cool. I will try my, my best to uh, display the best traits um, possible that I can. Um, But you know, they're both very mature kids already. And so it's, it's really great working with them. They have already uh, such a professionalism that is not, you know, very common for uh, someone their age. So it's very cool. I see myself.
0: (laughs) Well, on air this week, we saw a grieving Cameron perform a song at Curtis's Club. So tell us about the song.
2: Yes. So the song is called We Weren't Done With This Yet. And um, it's a very, the the hook is very much um, stating the feelings that Cameron is feeling. He he had this father figure that he was so ready to have an entire lifetime worth of relationships with um, through the ups and the downs that was already starting to progress because so much of his time knowing Franco was pushing him away, especially because Cameron, you know, it's, as I've mentioned before, he's lost a lot of father figures. He doesn't want to get too close to anyone because he doesn't want to feel that hurt. But when he finally let Franco in, there was just this incredible relationship, incredible sense of respect and um, a sense of, you know, love that he had been missing in his life. He had his love from his mom, but he was missing You know that 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 support from his father, and um, which is also displayed in the scenes Cameron has with um, with Xander, his anger for him not being there, um, and his sadness that Franco was fulfilling those roles but is now gone. And so we weren't done with this yet. Um, I wanted to write kind of in the perspective um, with the over the overlying metaphor of painting because Franco was um, he was an art therapist and. it was very much describing our relationship as a story being painted on a canvas, and um, and how the, the the painting that has been painted seems empty now in certain spots because it's not finished. We weren't done with this yet. Uh, the the story that we were supposed to make together was cut short, and it's unfair and it's it's hurtful, and um and it's just it's a lot of raw emotions that Cameron has. And um, I was super, super honored when um, they reached out to ask me to write the song, um, and I'm super excited to see what the what the response is from the fans.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, any chance we can get you to do an encore for us?
2: Yeah, I would love to play a little bit of the song for you guys if you'd like it.
0: We'd love it, love it. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Staring at that story, mid day by day, painting all of our memories so they won't go away. The love that you gave, your patience for me, locked in the canvas for as long as we need, but for reasons unknown. I'm left alone, our heart's work is torn, a lonely brush upon the floor.
1: We weren't done with this yet. We weren't
0: done
2: with this yet.
0: That was good.
2: thank you thank you so much
0: and nailed it on the first take
2: thank you yeah I, i've been playing the song a lot i've been you know, <laughs> practicing so um i'm super happy it came out all right and thank you so much for for allowing me to perform it This is, i think my first um live performance beyond um the the, the screening the, the the taping of it so thank you guys so much
0: well it's also our first live performance ever on the podcast. So yeah. Awesome. Thank you guys. You're oh, the bar amazing. Very high. Just about to <laughs> say tough act to follow if anyone dares.
2: <laughs> Thank you so much.
0: How, how long did you have to, you know, come up with the song and kind of get it to where you wanted it to be to, to film it?
2: It's a good question. Not a lot of time. <laughs> <laughs> Since the story works very fast and I didn't really know that Franco was um, uh, passing on the show until you know very shortly before i taped the scenes it was a very very quick um assembly of the song but i'm i'm very happy I, i have a lot of experience so i was able to assemble it quick and recorded it with um some amazing producers and uh um It it, it came out all right, so I'm super happy.
0: certainly (laughs) did. Um, Well, Cam has experienced so much loss in his young life. You know, how do you Mm. think the loss of Franco will affect him going forward?
2: It's going to be very, very detrimental. I think that um, Cameron, if he's not um, able to heal properly with um, accepting the support from his loved ones that he still has, his mom, his brothers, his uh, friends, then he, he's gonna be in trouble. And I, I think that if he doesn't approach this healing in the right way, that he's gonna find himself in um, a lot of pain um, and he's also gonna find himself hurting a lot of other people. And so um, I, I truly hope that Cameron, he has an amazing support system, that he is able to grieve in the correct way so he can properly heal and carry on Franco's legacy in the right way.
0: Well, obviously you're really just at the start of your career, both as an actor and a musician but we love having you on general hospital do you hope that general hospital will be a part of your life for a long while
2: of course i mean as i said before this is such a family here i never want to i never want to leave i think that um i hope that they always have a place for cameron in some way um no matter what and so i because it's an honor to be here it's an honor to learn from all these incredible actors and actresses and uh so to work with an amazing, you know, cast and crew that we have here. So yeah, I hope Cameron sticks around for a while.
0: Well, the GH audience has really become so invested in you and in Cameron. Um, is there anything you would like to say directly to the General Hospital fans? I,
2: I would very much like to to send a message to you all. I th- these have been very very crazy times, for lack of a better word. You know, this pandemic um, has really flipped everything upside down, um, and I think that. I would have never been able to really get through it without the support of the fans, you know, being able to continue here on the show and um, receiving all this amazing, amazing feedback from you all. It has been such a warmth in my heart. And um, I'm super, super excited that I get to share this song with you. It's, um, it's, it's from the heart. And um, I hope everyone out there stays healthy and safe um, during these next months. So, thank you so much.
0: Oh, gosh. Well, thank you. This was so much fun. It was fun getting to know you. It was fun getting a concert in the middle of the oh, day.
2: <laughs> it was fun chatting with you guys, chatting with other humans. It's great.
0: <laughs> I know. It's such a rare treat. Well, you did such a great job. We really appreciate your time.
2: Oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me here. And thank you for all your your, your kindness that you um, have, have said and all your amazing questions. Um, I look forward to doing it again.
0: Oh, yeah. That's so do we. Anyway. Have a great day.
2: You as well. Take care.
0: Bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you to William Lipton for being our guest. If you like this podcast, please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Be sure to pick up a new issue on sale now and come back next week for another podcast.